going, everyone? This is Precisely Podcast, a podcast about beer and video games. I'm your host, Bo, and with me, as always, we got the one, the only, the person that brings all the insects and fish to the museum and Animal Crossing. Kelly, how are you? I am excellent. How are you? I am doing well, and we have a very, very special guest today, Greg, a.k.a. Game Changer Mods. How are you doing, dude? I'm good. How are you? Good. Doing great. Happy to have you on. Um, Definitely. We have loads of questions for you because you just came out and published a book or got a book published called Game Boy Modding, a beginner's guide to Game Boy mods, collecting history and more. Yeah, I'm glad you got a copy. Yeah, I just got it today in the mail, but uh, you're kind enough to send us the electronic ebook of it and uh we were both able to read a bunch i think kelly read all of it right kelly i did i did i read it last night and i finished it today it was uh good and very informative very very informative yeah it's such a good book um and the physical copy just feels good in the hand too like really yeah i think it came out um but before we get to yeah, before we get to the book, let's uh, talk about beer since we are a beer podcast <laughs> as well. Um, what are what are you drinking on, Greg? I am drinking on a Dogfish Head uh, Sunday Feels Beer Mosa Sour. Ooh, and, uh, that sounds yeah, good. It's, it's pretty fruity, and uh, I guess it's supposed to be like a mimosa or something like that. Um, does it taste like, but one? I, it does. Yeah, it, it does. Um, I usually don't go for their beers because they're sometimes just a little bit too crafty. I feel like, but this one called out to me. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I have to be in the mood for a sour. Um, usually like a hot summer day gets me in the mood. Yeah. I've been, uh, on the IPA kick, but, uh, is it sour? Like, um, or your, I would say, <laughs> yeah, it's a seven. Okay. On the sour scale. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. And Kelly, what are you drinking on? Um, I have here, uh, it's called hazy little giant. It's by Roy Pitts. Um, I saw this in, So I went to get my groceries last week on my bi-weekly grocery trip. And uh, I saw this and it called out to me from the shelves because this is the first, uh, I can't say ever, but like as far as I know in Pennsylvania, the first ever like craft beer collaboration between a brewing company and a grocery store. (laughs) Oh, because so it's actually it, giant brand. It is for giant. Yep. It, it has the can art is giant is a grocery store in our area. Um, oh. The can art has a handful of hops and then it has underneath it says hazy little. And then it says giant in like their branded lettering. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Roy Pitts is a brewery that I'm familiar with. It's out of Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Um, which wasn't too far from where I went to college. So I've been there a couple times and they make some really good brews. But uh, this is an IPA and it is a 5.5%. And I think it's a pretty 
you know, well-balanced IPA. It's not anything crazy. It's not too hoppy. It's not too fruity. It's just, it's just an IPA. Okay, cool. <laughs> I love uh, the collaboration. I'm drinking on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just an IPA. That's I'm drinking basic. on pretty much a basic IPA, as all Pennsylvania's Pennsylvanians know. Uh, Trogue's Perpetual IPA. Going, Classic. Yeah, going pretty basic. Weighs in at a 7.5%, but it's a solid hoppy IPA. So cheers to everyone. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. So, Greg, uh, we have a bunch of questions after uh, – reading the book but i sort of want to get into your background um what when did you start your instagram page because it's blowing up now i started it um probably three years ago in june okay um and uh yeah it, it blew up quick uh i guess i did something right i don't know i guess i just gamed the system and <laughs> It just feels like an, a video game, you know, the, the way you play Instagram is just. Uh... Yeah, for sure. The more you play it, the more followers you get. Yeah. Um, but you also just... have to have good pictures, too. And you have. Yeah. You have great pictures and you're taking pictures of great things that you're making. Oh, thanks. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know. It's cool that there's a lot of people out there who appreciate those pictures. Um, you know, that's that's the real sort of fun thing behind it, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in your book, you talked a bit about how you got into modding and your first mod. You bought a Game Boy lot off of eBay and wanted to do some <laughs> cosmetic swapping. What all did you end up doing on your first mod and what was the experience like? Um, I didn't do, I didn't do one. I did five. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, it went as well as anything does the first time. If you do five of them, a couple of them will be good. A couple of them will be average. It'd be bad one or two. And, uh, then I just, like I said, yeah, like I put them on eBay and, Eventually they sold. And that was like a very heartening experience. I remember being in despair because I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this and blah, 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 telling people. And uh, they were like, so how's this uh, Game Boy thing going? And I was like, it's over. It sucks because uh, they were just kind of sitting on eBay. But uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think you really found your craft and your niche, you know, and aesthetically, like, you're making beautiful Game Boys. Like, you have your own style with it. And oh, thanks. I really appreciate it. I bought a, I bought a Game Boy off of you probably over a year ago. Um, there was a collaboration piece with another artist. I'm not sure who the artist was, but they did the shell. It was like a custom painted purple, like sort of spray painty uh, 
pastel colored shell um, with a front lit Game Boy color. Yeah. And I love it. You know, I, I think it was one of your earlier mods that you did. Yeah, that's um, I'm not sure if you're Misery Cat did the shell painting on that, I guess. OK, um, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with her work, but I mean, yeah, she does beautiful paint jobs and she does custom switches and stuff, too. Her work is really um, it's really cool because it's got that like uh, 80s, 90s retro wave kind of vibe to it that makes it look really cool when they put it on any kind of console or handheld. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty perfect. Yeah, I love that. That's a rare All right, piece, so, though. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> look at you, Bo. All right. I That's like a one-of-a-kind work of art rare piece. Definitely hold on to that forever. <laughs> I will. I'm totally serious. I hold yeah. on to all my Game Boys. I cannot sell a Game Boy for the life of me because I'm like, no, it, it means so much to me, and I probably have, I don't know. Kelly, you probably have more Game Boys than me, but I probably yeah. have like 20 altogether. Wow. Yeah, I think you know? I have more Game Boys than you. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. It's like you got to catch them all in the sense. It's like, well, right. I don't have totally. that color yet, you know? Yeah, I feel that. Uh, Greg, you talked about how you started out loving the Game Boy in your book, and you got one as a kid, and you were saying, like, basically it ended up being, like, superior to you compared to your PS1 and your NES because you could game on the go, and it was, like, fitting in with your lifestyle. So is the Game Boy your favorite handheld, or is there a different <laughs> handheld that's the favorite to play? uh no the game boy is not my favorite handheld i have two favorite mm. handhelds <laughs> all right okay uh, i think the ds light is is like a be- such a beautifully designed thing it's so much oh, wow. fun to play and there's so many such cool games for it and um i also think the psp is one of my favorite consoles of, of any format and uh that that has an excellent library too um yeah yeah but uh i mean those are you know also i'm like a playstation guy like that's the system i had when i was 16 and obsessed Mm -hmm. with both of those handhelds are just basically handheld playstations so yeah that's true and you're right the the ds light i agree it's super cool because um i remember my sister getting one when we were younger and uh, I played the crap out of it because you could, you know, play your DS games, but then also you could throw in your Game Boy Advance games and you could play two whole different libraries on one yeah. system, which was crazy. It's pretty amazing. I mean, yeah, I mean, that feature alone makes it like one of the best consumer electronics of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's one thing that I love about Nintendo that they've always for the most part have had some sort of backwards compatibility with their systems and handhelds and all that. Yeah. But just on the DS light to just like sort of add it in when the format was totally different was just like, yeah, completely different cartridge base and stuff, but it's sort of similar to the GameCube to the Wii, you know, that you can play GameCube games on a Wii. True. Yeah you know completely different disc size but still works even better honestly than the gamecube um yeah i'm a huge fan of of the psp i've actually 
just got a modded one recently from PSP Guru on Instagram, and he had like a really cool shell that was custom made by someone and and put on like 60 of my favorite games that I've wanted to play for a long time, but don't feel like plugging in a CRT TV and a PS one, uh, just sort of want to play it portably. So I'm playing final fantasy seven for the first time ever. Yeah. And absolutely loving it. I played um, that on PSP. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's perfect for it. it. It's very small at some points when the cameras spanned out, but, yeah. uh, besides that, it's great. Yeah. So what's your favorite handheld to mod then? I'm guessing um, it's a Game Boy, like DMG. Yeah. yeah, exactly, for sure. I mean, you really feel like you're doing something when you go in there and, and mod it up like that. Um, and it's just kind of the coolest design, I guess. You know, it's definitely the most iconic. It feels good in the hands. And uh, it's also got like a sort of larger face where you can – um, put more sort of graphics and different things like that. Okay. So in the inside of like a DMG to a Game Boy Pocket to a Game Boy Color, does it really like change that much? No, like it's actually... Like motherboard and stuff? They're all, they all have a lot in common. I mean, that's kind of the thing I tried to impart to people in the book is like, you know... If you figure out one, you, you'll generally have a concept of not only how Game Boys work, but just how these kinds of electronics work. You know, they're they're all very sort of similar. And um, also, I don't know if you saw the the section in the book talking about the lateral thinking of withered technology. Um, yeah. You know, and, and other other handhelds like uh, Wonder Swan and cell phones, they, they're all very very sort of similar inside, and they're not mm. really. Uh, intimidating or anything once you, once you get to know them i think i think you okay. did a good job in the book you know like even though you have a different section for each system of like kind of putting it together and showing you that it is almost essentially the same thing because they're all they all have similar parts in just in a different encasement i guess yeah i, I tried to sort of organize it uh in this, in this sort of way where if you do read it back to front, like it's interesting to sort of learn how people are reading the book and approaching it. But if you just start on page one and go through and then sort of look through with the mods and what, it, it gives you a more um, – you get familiar with things sort of in order. That's kind of the way I tried to lay it out so that by the time you're opening up like the Pokemon Mini, you realize that it's basically just a tiny Game Boy on the inside and you've been here before. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it did come across that way, too. I mean, you started with the DMG and you worked through so you could also kind of see the progression uh, inadvertently. You could see the progression that Nintendo made with inside parts and how things move around because you're like, oh, I saw this in the last model, but this one's a little bit different. Like they upgraded this or they did that. So it's cool that you can like kind of lay that out. And if you do read it, you know, cover to cover, you do see that like little movement down the line which is cool yeah that's totally definitely true so yeah oh you got something Bo? yeah i was surprised like just scanning through the book today um i was surprised that the pokemon mini was in it i was like oh wow (laughs) he even covers this like (laughs) 
literally, this is so cool. Like you really just spell everything out in this book um, for an idiot to read, you know, <laughs> and and learn and feel comfortable after reading a section to be like, yeah, I can do this, you know. I mean, I'm loving that's it. that's so great to hear. You know, obviously that was my goal. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, as a Game Boy modder, you get asked a lot of questions like, hey. Um, do you do DS mods or, or they, you know, do you do PSP mods or something like that? And, mm -hmm. um, if you'll notice the book is strictly almost sort of the official game boy line, you know, like DS is not a game boy. It's a DS. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but also Pokemon mini is not a game boy either, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was tricky, especially like the book, it takes a while to come out, obviously. And there's been a lot of, um, you know, technological advancements and new types of mods coming out that uh, I, I got a chance to touch on them, but I didn't really do full tutorials for a lot of this newer stuff. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I did have to make those sort of like calls on what to include. But the Pokemon Mini is just so cool. It's kind of a no brainer, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's I, cool. I was looking to buy one probably a year ago and... Luckily, I talked myself out of it because there really just aren't that many games for it. But yeah. it's a cool system either yeah. way. Like, I just love mini systems. Um, just anything that you can fit in your pocket and bring out when you got three to ten minutes to spare. You know, it's perfect. Yeah. So um, you covered modding the Game Boys and all the different styles, the DMGs, Pockets, Colors, Game Boy Advance, and the Pokemon Mini in the book. Have you tried or successfully modded any other consoles and handhelds? Yeah. Um, the one I like to do is the Neo Geo Pocket. And hmm. again, mm -hmm. when you go inside, um, it's almost the same as a Game Boy in there. Okay. But um, I don't know. Have you have you ever played that? Any of the games on those? They're they're really fun handheld. Yeah, I have one. That it's super super fun. But it, I can see how, like, just generally thinking, they're kind of similar to begin with, in a lot of ways. So I could see how the interior would kind of have some similar parts. Yeah, and but the the Neo Geo has that that click that click wheel thing. Mm -hmm. That's one of the greatest little. Um, I don't know the way they make that feel. People want it. People want. Sometimes people ask me if I can put that that clicker wheel onto a Game Boy. Oh, <laughs> that'd be interesting. Have you? No, I I definitely haven't. I'm sure someone out there could figure out how. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah, that is a cool like piece on there. It just gives you like an extra little thing while you're playing to kind of put you in the in the game itself. Yeah. Have you ever uh, modded a wonder swan? Like, no. Do a backlit or front. I, no. I, um, Lord, Lord knows I tried. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I wanted to include wonder swan and Neo Geo pocket tutorials in this book. That was my original plan a long time ago. Mm -hmm. It never came to pass obviously, but, um, yeah, I I did definitely at one point have about twenty Wonder Swans, and I was like, I'm ready to break all of these trying to figure it out. 
Um, oh boy. Because, yeah. <laughs> Cause unlike, um, even like the Neo Geo, you know, you could go on retro modding and stuff and there's parts available for it and you can just use Game Boy backlights for it. But, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's no dedicate, dedicated like Wonderswan um, modding real parts really available, so it's a little bit more of like a hacking in there kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I never I never really completed the project. Yeah, I would love a a backlit Wonderswan. That's one system that I enjoy collecting for and learning about new games and stuff. I just picked up uh, Mr. Driller for it, and I wish I had a way to see it at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's another really awesome. So, yeah. yeah, it really is. I wish, you know, there was like English patches for all the games. Right, like, right. I wish I could play final fantasy one and two on it, you know, without having to learn Japanese, <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe it'll force me to learn Japanese. We'll see. You got time. Yeah. So when I, I touched on this, but when I look at your Instagram page, it seems that your Game Boys like really stand out from other people's modded Game Boys. It feels like there's a style, an aesthetic, and you understand color theory and what looks good together. Do you consider your mods a craft or more so an art piece? Um, that's interesting. I consider them a craft. Um even this book, I consider it like sort of like a, a knitting book or something like that. Like that kind of sort of craft DIY. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I can see that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I can see that. Yeah. It's It'll just you're, Michael's. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're doing electronics, though. But yeah. It is knitting in the sense. Yeah. Right. So but. I I never did really see them as as an artistic expression um, until recently, because um, you know, really, really all you're doing is you do the mod and then you change up the colors and it's cool. You know, it's almost like, um, a pair of Nikes or something. You just put some cool color combos together. It's not that hard. Exactly. A lot of people. Yeah. A lot, and, and the other thing is that the people who are making these, these materials, like if you, if you go to Retromonic's website and you look at their, their like range of colors, they all go well together. Like they're designed to sort of, uh, be cool to begin with. You know, I didn't, okay. I didn't. I don't manufacture these shells or anything like that. Yeah. It's not like I'm mixing paints like Van Gogh to make some beautiful yellow color or something like that. No, but you're mixing button colors to the shell color to, you know, if it's a backlit screen color, you know, it it takes an eye. Yeah. It does take an eye. And I think you have that eye. I, I, I'm excited now because I don't know if you saw on the Instagram how we've been doing these like UV printed the graphics directly onto the, the Game Boy front. Yes, and I love it. And that was going to be my next question is how the hell are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's UV printing, te- printing technology. I mean, I, I don't know too much about it, but um, it, it cures ink with uh, UV rays as opposed to heat and dryness or something like that. And that's basically how it gets that more permanent uh, bond to the plastic. I mean, I guess it, it, it basically is a printer. It's just a printing technology. So are you using the sun then or uh, like a UV no, no. light? Um, there would be uh, 
sort of an industrial printer with all the lights and things inside. That's what, that's what retromodding does. That's what, that's what we get them printed with. And uh, okay, we basically do the we do the layout or the design in Photoshop, and uh, we have a template for it. And uh, then we send it to them and work out the the tweak the finer points of it, and then uh, then they put it on their printer bed. I mean. It, it looks cool. Sometimes you, if you go to their page, sometimes they show videos of it. It looks very futuristic, like uh, okay, so they're light send- and things. They're sending you the actual shells with the prints already on them then. Correct. Yeah, yeah. We don't... We don't. But you're you're designing the the prints and the layout on how yeah. it looks with Photoshop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. So well, it's I need cool, a precisely like- Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, I well, need that's our what- logo on a DMG. <laughs> Yeah, Dude, that's dope. what we're, we're trying to do. Yeah. And obviously COVID is slowing things down, but like that was um, a big sort of a marketing idea that I had for this book was to reach out to YouTubers and people and just be like, you know, uh, your logo would look great on a, on a Game Boy. I mean, that's like a sort of business uh, angle that we're pushing, you know, for bands or something like that. Uh, if you, you know, who wouldn't want their logo on a Game Boy with like custom color design? It's the sickest thing ever, basically. <laughs> yeah, so dope. Oh I need that. God. I need that right now. Could you imagine, <laughs> though, like going to a concert or like if you uh, work for a giant like Fortune 500 company and like going to some sort of, you know, conference and they're handing out like the goodies and it's the logo on a Game Boy? Like, uh, <laughs> that'd be cool. I would crazy. go up cool. there like wearing different hats being like yeah i I didn't get one yet you know (laughs) (laughs) different person here (laughs) so cool yeah it's it's like the final thing you know the concept is not that unique it's like you can get pens or or cups or t-shirts you know well so now we're doing it on game boys basically yeah but anyway kind of bringing it back to what you were saying is that um now now that we're able to do that um, I do. I do feel that the Game Boy is a canvas where I can express myself artistically now, um, and yeah. the possibilities are sort of limitless. And I mean, now I think it's an exciting opportunity to really do something cool and innovative and totally unique. Absolutely, and you know, you could actually do your comics since you are an illustrator, like on top of the Game Boy, if you wanted to and really <laughs> yes. make it an art piece nice. in that sense. Exactly. Yeah. So for the listeners of this podcast, you know, some of the, the UV printed Game Boys that I remember off the top of my head from you is a mother Two, my yeah. favorite video game, earthbound. Uh, that's a beautiful one. I want that one as well. Uh, Eminem. Love the Eminem one. You, yeah. yeah, I love the Eminem one. Uh, you did a Wu Tang one. Was that, that UV cool. printed? Yep. What are some other ones? Uh, Hello Kitty one is very popular. Uh, we're oh, yeah. really big fans of our Cornholio. Um, <laughs> the uh, the Game Gear lookalike one people really liked. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah, they're all they're all very cool. Yeah. So, uh, Bo was saying earlier that he had that collaboration modded Game Boy from you. Um, I know that we have 
both have modded Game Boys from other artists as well. And then you you talked about and featured other modders in your book, which is super cool. And we like talked about Mitsukat a little bit earlier. Um, but it's cool to see like them in the book and what their takes are on modding as well, like a short little blip. Um, so besides her, have you collaborated with like any other artists on mods and how was that? It's always a pleasant experience. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not too good at really painting sometimes and, and people, other people can, uh, maybe just have better tools for it or something, but we've done a bunch. Yeah. And, uh, it's always fun. It's always pretty chill with people. That's good. Yeah. They, I like her stuff that like I've seen her do. It's cool. I've seen some of the other modders in your book as well, like their work as well. It's really cool. And the fact that you guys could, you know, kind of come together and, work on a piece seems like a, a meeting of the minds on a game boy basically <laughs> i mean yeah it's always yeah whatever you do it's always fun to collab with someone else that's right i agree it makes this podcast go by yep. a lot easier with someone else hosting with me <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah thank you kelly <laughs> so where do you sell most of your game boys where can people find you besides instagram uh i guess etsy would be it but uh is there other locations that people can find your game boys etsy is our main uh sales venue um and i want to yeah i want to start moving into more um i guess unorthodox or unexpected places with them um because what do you mean well, I mean, I, I think it's it's bigger than just gamers, and uh, yes, it, it it it's it's as much a, a style accessory or a fashion accessory as it is mm-hmm. something that people will actually game on, and uh, I think it could find a home in a place like. Uh, that sells streetwear or something like, you know, around New York city, there's, there's small brands that have one store and they sell, you know, purple hoodies. And I mean, I I think game boys can fit right next to them and uh, you wouldn't expect it because it's not a video game store, but I think there's, I think there's more, there's more areas where people are into this kind of thing, but they're not really following retro gaming hashtags on Etsy or Instagram. So they don't quite know about it. Yeah, I see that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like especially the Game Boy itself is just an iconic image, you know, and so many people can relate to it Yeah, depending on what year they were born, you know? Right. Like some people will see an original Game Boy being like, oh, fuck, yeah, like I remember Mario Land and Zelda and Kirby and all that, like, yeah, I think that's a great idea to talk to some local stores and streetwear stores or if there's like a graffiti shop or something right. that sells spray paint, you know, like totally. That's super smart, actually. Yeah, we, we've we uh, had a lot of success selling them on Vapor 95. It's, it's, it's I don't know, if, for lack of a better word, it's like a, a hype beast website where they sell, you know, um, hoodies and vapor wave yeah. type uh aesthetic vibes and shit like that uh but it's you know it's mostly gear and and uh 
posters or something or pins. Um, but we put our Game Boys on there and, and people wanted them, you know, and it, it's, it's not really like a totally dedicated retro gaming space, but it, it is an aesthetic that uh, people are drawn to. Absolutely. It's like you said earlier, it's sort of like a Nike shoe where, right. you know, you're rocking all pink outfit, you know, hoodie and, and pants that are pink. And you're like, well, let me rock my pink Game Boy too. Yeah, so I can exactly. get that nice picture. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I can definitely see that. So um, about how many hours a week do you say you would say you spend on working on modding it's a full-time job yeah yeah i is that 40 hours then (laughs) yeah 40 hours you know i mean the physical mods uh you get pretty efficient at them after a while um and i do work with my brother you know we, we we run game changer mods together um okay so cool we uh you know we both take uh, our, our sort of share of doing the mods and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, there's a whole other side of the business that needs to be run and stuff like that. And obviously with the book out, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, emails to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, but I you're good believe. at it. I, I mean, you, it. you answered my direct message to be on this podcast right away. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you're everyone, doing listen, well, Greg, I, you're doing well. I just want to say everyone feel free to hit me up. But don't ask me questions about modding that are in the book, and don't ask me shit that you can just find out on Google because I'm not going to answer you. Yeah. So when it comes to modding, um, it seems like the pictures that you take, you're doing like five to ten Game Boys at a time. Is that right? Yeah, you're not I do them like in just batches. dedicating. Yeah. So that's smart. I mean, that's efficient then too, because it's like, well, I got this tool out right now, so. Let me take the shells off of all of these, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, I, it's easy to bang them out if you got it, if you got the assembly line going. Yeah. Super smart. So what gets you into your creative zone to work on modding? <laughs> well, I have to be as sober as possible for doing the mods, obviously, but, uh, <laughs> damn, I can't mod. <laughs> <laughs> It can be, uh, it can get in the way, but yeah, um, <laughs> you do, you do want to be sober for doing the mods. Don't operate heavy machinery or sharp objects, um, or worst case <laughs> scenario, you're just going to fuck up your game boy. So, but, uh, yeah. I do, you know, I like uh, standard ar- artistic vibe. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, lubricants. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I'm down. Do you, uh, are you like full focus on your modding when you mod, or do you have like a TV show in the background? Or I've always got YouTube on pretty much. Okay. Talking about YouTube, you yeah. do a vlog. Yeah. Uh, is that a daily vlog? Uh, or every other day? It's, there's no schedule, but, uh, I would say that it is, um, a daily vlog that sometimes takes off some days. I love it. <laughs> I don't always watch them. I don't usually watch YouTube videos, but if I'm like going through my stories in the morning and I see you're like, Oh, just posted a new vlog, swipe up. 
I'll swipe up and I'll watch it because it's like what three minutes, maybe five minutes long. Yeah, and they're super funny. Like they're great. The Thanks. one about the pink eye, I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this was the greatest short story I've ever seen on YouTube. <laughs> like, I'm this so glad that 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 you know, obviously, when you put that out there, you're you're like gritting your teeth a little bit, but. It got such a positive response from everybody. It was very vocal about it, and everyone seemed to really enjoy it. So, I'm glad I, I pushed the button on that one. Dude, it's it was so good. I don't know, Kelly. Have you ever watched any of Greg's vlogs? Um, I might have seen one. I don't usually watch. Like you said, I don't watch too much YouTube. But now I think I'm going to have to make an exception and watch this tonight. <laughs> it's so good and especially like during you know this quarantine quarantine time um quarantine just like quarantine yeah (laughs) just coined that um it's great to like just see like a major city that you live in new york you know how yeah how people are interacting with each other and how somebody from new york being you is you know going through their day daily life and seeing what they're seeing through their lens you know yeah well the uh it was supposed to be a little bit more game boy focused at first um i haven't i haven't put too much game boy content on there lately just because i felt like it was getting a little redundant but um it, it did turn into a little bit more of like uh hey this is the city and this is what it's like here right now which i think is important you know because uh I actually noticed something today that where where are you guys? You're in Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia, or something? Harrisburg, capital of PA, like two hours away from Philly. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, in the bodegas, in like the, my point is that everyone is sort of going through coronavirus around the world. You know, it's not like nine yeah. eleven where it's like a New York thing. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there are still interesting things that are unique to everyone's situation. Like around here, I noticed today that uh, like the bodegas, like the delis, um, they've all been putting up this sort of plastic shield in front of the counter. Oh Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's just made out of like clear tape or something like that, but they're putting up these sort of weird barriers everywhere. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean that that's happening by you too. I guess it's a sort of normal thing now. Yeah. It's yeah. in our grocery stores. I've seen like a plastic shield in front of the cra- the cashier and stuff like that. I mean, it's a little, I guess, at the gas station, a little bit more, yeah, yeah. high high upper scale, I guess, because it's a right. chain I, I store rather than a bodega. Of, but yeah, the bodegas have this special sort of charming way that they all do it. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's weird. Um, Actually, the gas station that I go to every other day to get coffee before work, um, they took theirs down. So I don't know if it like fell Hmm. down or if they're like, well, fuck it. But the guy behind the counter is wearing a mask now, but I don't have to wear a mask going in there. I'm like just picking up coffee. Like he's not like an asshole being like, oh, where's your mask? You know, like he sees me all the time. He's like, all right, whatever. Like, I know this guy. (laughs) <laughs> but there there are some places that won't let you in if you don't have yeah. a mask on, which, you know, is fine. It's just like, you know, what place to wear it and what place you don't have to. Like, I, I find it sort of being a hassle 
sometimes like in my mind i'm like if i'm gonna get sick i'm gonna get sick whatever you know like it's my own fault but (laughs) either way okay interesting take (laughs) interesting take yeah (laughs) hot covid take hot covid takes (laughs) (laughs) oh all right greg um so you talked about having a graveyard of of Game Boys uh-huh. and parts in your book. How, how often do you come across a console or something that that you find, you know, from eBay or whatever that can't be saved and has to be taken to the graveyard? Uh, well, I, I I think that um, my standards are a little bit uh, uh, lower. I, I think there are. I think I might have disposed of some Game Boys here and there that are, were fixable. That if someone put a little more time and effort, they could have fixed them. But uh, hmm. sometimes, if you have a lot of orders, you just ha- have to kind of get on to the next one. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But the the really remarkable thing is that it doesn't happen that often. These things are really, really durably built. I mean, most of them are thirty plus years old and went like you know around you know so like the fact that they're still really kicking is is kind of remarkable every time i go to open one up yeah i i agree i mean i know i have my game boy color that i had got when i was a kid and i still have it and it works perfectly the only thing is the speaker occasionally goes in and out and it's like i know what I did as a kid and I know I probably wasn't as kind to it as I would be now. (laughs) So thinking about that, that thing got dragged around with me everywhere for, you know, 10 years or whatever is crazy that it's still working the way it is right now. It's, it's cool to see also that, um, like talking about the speaker, if you sort of look at them and and look at the shells and, and the different, um, like sort of the progress, like sort of what you were saying, the refinements earlier. Um, you you can see, if you look at the Game Boy Color, like a big issue with them is that the speakers go out because they just sort of have these holes in the front and a lot of gunk goes in there. But then when you get to Game Boy Advance and things, the speaker problems are, they, they occur a lot less frequently because you can see that they've sort of um, modified the speaker cage uh, section of the front of the shell and uh, less gunk gets in there. It's kind of yeah, they had more of like the slots on that yes, instead of just the exactly. little holes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's cool. On average, how often do you think you mess something up in the process of modding and like have to put it in the graveyard? I would say the thing that I mess up most that is a little bit out of my control, it'd, it'd be the... Uh, like loco spidering on the front light uh, Game Boy mods, Game Boy Color mods. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, oh. I'm pretty good at getting the glue to to dry cure evenly, without any bubbles or dust or anything in there. But occasionally a spidering issue occurs, and it's just, I don't know. If it, it, I don't know what what the variables are. It could be atmospheric. It could be. Um, distribution of the glue or pressure i don't know what what makes it occur um but it does happen maybe one in seven or i'm, I'm pretty good at it but it, it, it does happen unfortunately 
it's it's and weird then when I, that happened when that when happens I, is it is the screen like done for then no it's salvageable and actually there's a section in the book telling people how to salvage it the you, you basically have to uh sort is that of slice. with the baby powder no no <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. This this you have to sort of slice through a layer of glue and then peel the glue off. It, it's it's very sort of laborious thing and um, annoying, but you can salvage your Game Boy Color screen if you, the Loka does mess up and you can try it again. Um, but it's annoying as hell. I mean, I have a whole bin full of just messed up screens because it would take forever to peel this stuff off. Interesting tidbit, though. Oh. I'll All give right. you this. I'll give you this scoop. I don't know if any other modders have experienced this, but. You know, these these shells, these sort of aftermarket plastic shells, they come in a variety of colors. Most of them are translucent uh, for the Game Boy Color. Um, a lot of them are made in China in factories where the specifications are not perfect. And I think mm-hmm. there might, might be multiple factories or multiple molds, molds where um, they might cause a um, imbalance of pressure or something and result in the spidering but the Hmm. translucent red shells for the game boy color are extremely likely to cause a spidering issue i don't know why that is we've stopped using them basically so every time someone wants a red shell we basically like oh well this is going to cost us three game boys now because it's just gonna it's inevitably gonna spider i don't know what that is wow Huh. <laughs> I don't know that's if that's interesting, interesting, but it's just like <laughs> that is interesting. It is. I would have had like no idea that that was like I'm. I figured you know they're all made differently in a way, but like I didn't think like specifically one color or one specific kind would cause an issue. I don't know what another. it is. Yeah, I mean this is oh. not scientific. This is an anecdotal scenario. <laughs> but, I mean, it just happens with these red ones. I don't know what it is. It's crazy. um it seems like more and more people are becoming knowledgeable about modding game boys and whether it's just one for themselves or making them to sell or like switching out the shells or whatever so what made you want to write a book about modding and share the information with the general public rather than keeping your mod secrets to yourself and you know (laughs) trying to keep it in the business (laughs) um well, I, I'm an author. I want to make books. Uh, that's what I've always done and always wanted to do. That's, that's my life's pursuit. So mm-hmm. um, I just saw the opportunity to make a book about this, and that's what I did. I mean, you know, it's, it's almost separate from me being a modder. It's like I'm, I, I just ha- I'm just capable of making a book about modding more than uh, – mm-hmm other modders because they don't know how to make books necessarily. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. No, I got that. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> Making books is what I do basically. It was kind of just an obvious thing for me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's it's funny. Cool. That's what people always jump to is like, you're giving away your secrets kind of thing. And I mean, yeah. obviously I'm all for sharing secrets. You know, this is a, an open source community that we're dealing with. Um, no starts to publisher. They, they publish books on coding and hacking and, Obviously, uh, DIY thing is a very open and inclusive share the information kind of thing. But I, I just think of it as mm-hmm. 
like a cookbook or or something like that. I mean, if a restaurant puts out a cookbook, you're still going to go to the restaurant. You're more likely to go to the restaurant because they're famous for right. having put out that book. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm, I'm, I think it it was really good with that. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to build a media empire here. I'm trying to be the Rachel Ray of Game Boys, so it's all just in line with that. Basically. <laughs> Is that is that your tagline? Because it should be. It should <laughs> I've said definitely I've said be. a number of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. No, I think it does kind of read like a cookbook. You're right because it almost. So I have wanted to try to mod my own Game Boy at one point, just because I want to be like I did it. Um, yeah. But I've always been like. You know, I understand how to take things apart and clean them, basically. But when it comes to, like, the soldering and replacing parts for anything, I've been like, oh, no, no, that's too much for me. I don't think I'm going to be able to fit. Like, I don't know anything about it. But the book, as I was reading it yesterday and today, it made me want to sit down and, hold, you know, have the book open and take the Game Boy out and have the book in front of me like I was making a, a dinner and do huh. it, you know, step by step, like with the book open in front of me and be like, OK, this, you know, step one, do this. It's really easily you know, spelled out. You have the tools like this is everything you need. It's like very simple. And it, and it does read like, you know, anybody can do it like any like a cookbook. Anybody can make it. All you have to do is follow the directions. So that's kind of cool. I'm so glad to hear you say that. I mean, yeah, it's, that that was the mission all along. I just wanted, I, I didn't want to have it to be a, a daunting thing for anybody, you know. And it's and this thing, you know, it's accessible. The book is is, is affordable. Um, and, you know, buying the game, like getting started is pretty easy and relatively cheap. You know, it's not real. It's, it costs as much as making a dinner almost, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. no, I'm I'm glad that that it, it's coming off that way. I guess that means I, I did a good job. I guess so. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I, all, I was gonna say all the tools that you list. You know, basically almost everybody has that. I the things that you probably don't have are like the the soldering and yeah, um, like some people who if, if you don't already have like a Nintendo key screwdriver, I mean, you should definitely buy one yeah. just to have. It's one. True. If yeah, buy it's true. Yeah, even if you own a Switch. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, either either you can buy it at the drugstore or you can buy it at like retromodding dedicated parts supply. Like those are your only two places you really need to go for most of the stuff in this book or like a hardware store. But um, right, it's out. You know, it's not special items or anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I got my uh, screwdrivers for Game Boys off of eBay for like a few bucks. Yeah, oh, yeah. And they cost nothing. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was actually going to ask you when i first talked to you about doing this podcast uh about the mods that i've tried to do on my game boys and failed horribly but now that i have the book i think i'm just going to figure it out myself um but i try to do two backlit mods on two different game boy pockets and had two different errors from them where the one lit up fine the backlit was soldered right but the nintendo yeah symbol on the screen isn't coming down at all yeah um on the one and then the other one i think the red light turns on and that's it <laughs> like nothing else yeah um Hard and then i also it is 
And if you have fat fingers like I do, (laughs) you know, it's even more difficult. But I even uh, (laughs) bought a modded Game Boy Pocket um, from this guy off of eBay that had a really shitty shell. It was uh, like had stickers on it and stuff. And I was like, you know, I just want to swap what he's done and put it in this clear purple Japanese Game Boy Pocket that I have. Nice. And I did that, and it sort of works, but it doesn't read the cartridge. The Nintendo symbol is pixelated a little yeah, bit. like scrambled, right? Yeah, but hardly scrambled. Like, just a few pixels are off, and then it doesn't read the cartridge. So I'm guessing it's the actual cartridge reader in it. Um, it just needs cleaned, but I just haven't really messed with it enough. I'm like, maybe someday it'll work. So like every like every month I'll like put a new game in it to try <laughs> it to see if it works. But no, no dice. Well, I mean, you can I mean, obviously cleaning that the cartridge slot is is the first step um, to try. But, you know, you can buy sort of dedicated. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if they still make them. I, I, I got them off this website once they had like a, a back inventory. They're, they're like they look like Game Boy cartridges, except they're they're like a little bit taller, and they have a piece of cotton inside where the game, like the uh, PCB, usually is. And okay, you put alcohol on it, and then you just sort of shoot it in and out of the cartridge slot to clean the contacts. Oh, um, okay. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, they make they make those. They're they're definitely good to have if you have a Game Boy and you play it a lot because they do a great job. But. Um, I don't know. Those those pockets are really finicky. So yeah, I mean, people ask me sometimes. Uh, you know, they'll bu- they'll buy a mod and they'll be like, "We can change the shell. It's all good, right?" I'm like, "I mean, you can do that, but I you can avoid the warranty. Like, I don't advise you do that because it's kind of a weird little balance of stuff in there sometimes. And if you open it up, yeah, you might, you might jiggle a wire loose. And especially the pockets are just so fragile inside. So. So do you have a warranty with your Game Boys? I would say no. Uh, all of our Game okay. Boys, this is, you know, this is the thing, obviously. Everything we sell is 100% guaranteed. We have never had a situation where we couldn't work anything out with someone. Even months later, you know, we got you. Uh, no one's ever taken advantage of us. Obviously, we're not like Black & Decker selling toasters or something. We're just a couple of guys. Yeah. You know? But uh, are you flicking a lighter right now? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just fidgeting. <laughs> it's all right. Um, it's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, everything's guaranteed, but it, either it comes back because something got messed up and we fix it or people enjoy it forever. Basically, you know, these things, like I said, they're very durable. So um, they are. And that's what I've seen off your Etsy website. Like, I'll check out your Etsy, you know, from time to time. And the reviews that you have are phenomenal. Like, yeah. you have great reviews. People are like, you know, if someone had a problem, they're like, Greg was awesome. He was able to fix it. He was able to replace what was broken if something was, you know. And it sounds like your customer service is at 120%. You've already published two graphic novels and a book of lists, you said. Um, how was writing this Game Boy modding book different than those other ones? Um, great question. 
<laughs> the, main, the main difference with this one is that there's a lot of photographs in it. Uh, I've never put photographs in a book I before. I did notice that. <laughs> it's almost, you know, yeah. half of it is just photographs. So uh, my other, you know, my graphic novels are just straight up hardcore graphic novels with just pages of drawings. And uh, this, you know, that takes a lot of work. So like sort of uh, this book was an attempt to do a little bit less work, I think, um, than drawing every page by hand. Um, but, you know, it's still present. It looks like you put so much work into it. Yeah, it, that's my problem is I'm like, oh, I'll do this easy thing here. And then I just make it no. <laughs> into so much work for myself, no matter what. So, um, Dude, it's insane how much work this book looks like it, it has taken you. I'm just like... I'm flabbergasted thank you, when I got it. You. I was just like, wow, like this is your heart and soul in this. Oh, you thank know? you. Yeah, I, I really was, you know, and, and, and I talked about this a lot, like in some of the vlogs and stuff, you know, it's tricky. It, it, when you like pour your heart and soul or like put all this effort into this, this sort of thing. And, you know, obviously this was all made in InDesign, just a digital file. Right. And mm-hmm. it just sort of is in my head this whole time. Like I, I know what, it's, what I want it to look like and I know how much, I've completed and what it does look like. And then, you know, leading up till they finally sort of print the book, it's like, I'm sort of the only one with this vision in my brain. And it's sort of like driving me crazy because I just want to be able to communicate it to people. But like, it's obviously, it's so great now that the book is, and you, you've seen it and, and like, we can have this conversation about it and you know, like really what it is and what it ended up being. And I'm, I'm glad that, uh, the, the effort I put into it comes through because yeah, it's such a freaking pain in the ass to put this shit together. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I noticed I think I saw a story of yours when you first got the book. Like you opened the box, it was your first reaction to it, and you were pissed. I don't well, know if, <laughs> if this was a vlog or your story, but you were like, Oh, this is shit, you know? And I feel like as an artist myself, like I, I do organic art installations. I have my photography degree. Um I've I've done a documentary myself. But when you first like look at something, you're like, God damn it. Like I suck, you know, like, why did I even do this? Yeah. But then you're editing it. This was a vlog. It must've been a vlog. Yeah, it was. But your editing, um, was like the next image was you being like, Oh, I fucking love this. Like, it's great. And I'm like (laughs) that, that's perfect. Like this was such good editing on your own thing that you're being so critical about, you know? So yeah, you know how it is, you know? It's just that not that, that's the thing is when it, it exists in your mind only for so long, then when you see it, it yeah. can't ever live up to what you have in your mind. And you're only gonna see the flaws. But I gotta say this, like I said in the vlog, I mean, I would I would say that some of the images are printed a little bit dark. Maybe you noticed or if you saw the digital version, you probably didn't see that because it, 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 this is just a printing issue. But um Yeah. You know, the layout came together great. I'm so happy with how this, like you said, it feels really nice. You know, these are things that are a little bit outside of it my control. It feels great to the hand. Like, I'm touching yeah. the cover right now. Yeah, me too. Like, and, and you know, this, I can't take any credit for that. So, you know, good up to the, like, the printer and whoever chose this, this uh, paper stock or whatever. I mean, you know, that was definitely a pleasant surprise. Um, but me, me being so, like, bummed was merely because... Yeah, I flipped it open to like one really dark page and I was like, all right, it's over. 
<laughs> of course it's that that page yeah, that you flip yeah. it open to you know no really you did a great job um with the illustrations like the comic book illustrations it's like this is how i'm thinking it's like this is how i'm thinking too being the reader as well like i love the the little comic about like your grandma or mom being like final fantasy there's so many of them why is why is it called final fantasy i'm just like yes this is great yeah it's relatable yeah it's super um so did you choose the black and white uh images because of pricing i guess for the book to like keep it affordable for everyone uh i mean that's always a major concern of mine um i've been lucky that all of my books are pretty cheap and uh out there but uh you know it 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 is kind of i wouldn't say it's a bummer but these images were just so vibrant and beautiful in color that it would have been awesome i'm sure they were yeah yeah um you know especially like the collecting and all the the colors of the shells and i mean it's a colorful book but um, yeah, you don't, it's what, how much, how much are people going to spend? Are you going to buy this for $45 and then do some mods with it? Or, I mean, the whole point is for you to get dirty with it. You know, I'm, I'm not really, yeah. um, so it's a craftsman's book yeah, right now, you know, but it's not have an you art thought, book. A, have you thought though about possibly doing like a limited run of a hardcover with all color pictures. I would love to. And Hey, I mean, that, everyone that's the way right to do now. it and then sell it for 50 or 60 bucks. Everyone go buy the book. Let's, let's sell out the first print run. And, and then, you know, if it's a success, Hell who, yeah. knows, who knows what's next. So, but there does seem to be a demand for that. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would definitely buy the hardback in color just to have it as a coffee table book, you know? Yeah. Who doesn't want to learn as like a guest coming to your house, they see that on your coffee table and they're like, Oh, what's this? Oh, I have a game boy, you know, I haven't looked at this game boy in years, but sure. I'll look at it. And, oh, wow. I can change shells and, and backlit mod it. Like, wow. You know, it's a seller in itself. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have a good coffee table book. It's, gotta yeah. have it. And this is a great coffee table book. Even like I'm not downplaying that it's in black and white. I think it it's a, at a great price. What what is it? Twenty five bucks for yeah. the book. Yeah. And then you also get the ebook yeah. for free right now. Yeah. I mean, everyone should buy that then. Everyone yeah, should buy it. <laughs> everyone. Every single person. Everybody's going to be modding Game Boys. <laughs> and it's cool. It's cool yeah. to have a cool book about video games. You know, that's 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 a, that's like a mission of mine, especially like, you know, I never set out to be a guy who makes books about video games. I have other concerns as an adult, but like I'm happy to do it. And if I can contribute sort of quality, artistic, individual, like unique reading experiences that appeal to a gaming audience, then I'm, I'm happy to do that. And I'm happy to contribute to like quality gaming books library. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you did a great job. I was actually looking up game boy modding on podcasts 
and I could not find anything. There you go. As a podcast, I was like, I can't wait to publish this, you know, because now if anyone looks for it, they'll be able to find ours then. Game Boy Modding is a big, uh, there's a lot of YouTube videos about it, but yeah, that's cool. There should be, we should uh, make more podcasts about it, I think. Exactly. At least get people interested in it in a in a listening right way, you know. So I looked up how many Game Boys uh collectively, like pockets, colors, all that. Um I don't think Game Boy advances, but Game Boy uh the rectangle version yeah. of the Game Boy uh-huh. DMG pocket colors were made. hundred and nineteen million were sold worldwide. Do you think modding has a finite end because there are only so many Game Boys that are out there and so many people are buying them now and modding them themselves? Great question. I mean, that's another question that I've uh, sort of considered myself. And uh, it's, it's interesting that you do know that number up front. I mean, that's a big number. It's a huge number. It's a huge number. So, I mean, at the end of the day, what can you do? I mean, if if that does happen, if the supply dries up internationally, don't forget the huge Japanese market. But Exactly. You know, the price will go up, and it is what it is, and maybe this can't last forever. I mean, I'm not expecting to do this when I'm 75, but like, Maybe there are finite, you know, resources for this kind of thing. But you know, 120 million is a huge number. If they can satisfy the demand of gamers who want it at the time that it's, you know, an active system, then I think that they can satisfy the used, you know, the existing used Game Boys that are out there can satisfy the demand of everyone who wants to try modding or just have a uh, Game Boy in their collection. I mean. There's just so many of them, and I guess whatever. I mean, whatever happens. I mean, it, it like me, like I have to be concerned about it. But there's, there's, this is such a huge hobby right now that there are companies who have invested a lot more than I have in the future of Game Boy modding. And um, I, I don't, I don't know. I think I just think 120 million is a big enough number. That's all. It's huge. It is a big enough number, but. There could be someone out there that invests a lot of money into buying all the Game Boys, you know. That would be quite a nefarious, a uh, weird. That would, would that's suck. some Doctor e- that's some Doctor Evil shit or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the worst possible Batman villain I could think of. Yeah, the right? guy who buys, all, that the buys all the Game Boys. Escapes <laughs> from Arkham Asylum and just decides to buy every Game Boy. That's terrible. Please, yeah, put him away. So, <laughs> when you first started your first mod to now, present day, how have you seen the price fluctuate when it comes to the actual Game Boys that you are buying? Um, that's a good question. Uh, it's gone up very you know, in the last two months, um, we were getting, you know, a big part of the job, like you asked me how many hours, uh, but you know, a big part of it is sourcing these game boys, you know? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
it's yeah. it's kind of it's true. It's the only sort of finite resource that we have. And um, yeah, since since uh, international shipping has been affected uh, due to global situations, yep. it's been a little bit trickier to get them. Um, but uh, I still think you know I, I I think the real thing is that if you um, spend enough time on eBay and just refresh the page enough, you'll still be able to get them for cheap. Um, yeah. But I, I still think 20 to $40 is a normal price. You know, um, 40 bucks would be sort of. Yeah. High. And $40 is so expensive too. Yeah. It's so expensive, but that's what I'm seeing them sell for now. I'm like, Jesus, like, cause I remember buying game boys all, all the time for 20 bucks. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just flipping them for 30 and making 10 bucks and being like, all right, cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I think it's like everything crazy. else. Yeah. The, the market price is just going to keep going up. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause like, uh, you know, our dad, uh, is sort of, um, he, he sells, uh, I guess you could say retro collectibles, vintage toys and things like that. And, um, he's oh, always, he? yeah. Yeah. So, but you know his his sort of timeline ends in the sort of seventies, I guess. Um, but the he he's always telling us about the baseball card market, you know, because he's lived through this. You know, we're here being like, oh, you know, Pokemon's going up. We're seeing the market fluctuate. You know, Super Nintendo games are very valuable, and like boxed games are blah blah blah. You know, especially if you're on Instagram or you go on price charting or eBay, you can see the market does fluctuate, and um, it's doing pretty good right now, but. Yeah, he's always telling us about sort of how the baseball card market was, and it's 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 all good until it just crashes. It could happen any day. Um, so yeah, you got to diversify. You know, I think the thing with video games though that's going to keep the market up is that it's something that you can actually play and use on top of just collecting. Um, so there's collectors that collect new and box sealed games or, or systems or whatnot and then there's collectors that want to play their games too so it has more of that interaction than just trading a baseball card and looking at the baseball card and being like all right cool you know this is ken griffey or whatever <laughs> you know bo jackson card like i looked at it now i'm going to put it back in into its sleeve into this binder done well no it's like i want to play i want to play trip world you know that's a japanese (laughs) exclusive game that only two thousand copies were made and the cartridge itself is 400 fucking dollars but i'm buying it to play it you know but you know you could also compare it to comic books where you know you buy them to read them i mean people are like comic books you you, you slap them on uh, yeah like they're even getting into slabbing video games, you know, where they just lock them in that pristine box forever with a grade on them. I mean, I know so, I've been but, thinking about doing it for some of my sealed yeah, game so, games and I'm like, I don't know, should I? And then on the other hand, like you could probably get, you know, a good grade and a good value on those, but that's the thing. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, Pokemon yellow, red, blue or whatever, even digital versions are not really going to affect the price of the original cartridge too much. They're always going to be a good, like they're, they're always going to sell well and be desirable, but like whatever, you know, $700, $400 games we have, that is such a sort of, uh, that price is, is here today. Gone tomorrow. 
Yeah, yeah. They, the the prices are meaningless. They're based on nothing, and and it could crash for that high value stuff. It could crash at any time. Who knows? And a lot of those games are obscure, and it's just going to be like, you know, once everyone has them who wants them, then they're not going to be worth that much anymore. It's you know. Yeah, I mean, once emulation works for every system that's been out there, I think that's what makes prices go down a lot. Um, well, yeah, like Nintendo's working hard on that. Although they, I mean, they, they put out, oh, yeah, yeah, their online stuff, yeah, yeah, for sure. But then, then again, I mean, they put out Pokemon Crystal. Like you can download that and play it right on the eShop, and that's still one of the highest priced, mm-hmm. uh, like regular sort of Game Boy Color games. I don't know what it's at now, but I remember easily selling it for forty or forty five dollars, maybe a year ago or something. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because I remember that game being the highest one. You know two three years ago and it still only being 20 or 25 dollar game but now yeah now i see it being sold at 45 50 and i'm like whoa yeah when did this happen like i think the digital stuff just makes people want the original stuff more do you okay yeah maybe well i mean you look at right now um it's a great example is the new animal crossing came out and that original gamecube shot up like double the price i guarantee you the same thing is going to happen they just announced the tony hawks pro skater one and two remake which i am so excited for but that is for another time um i guarantee tony hawk one and two you know on on any system is going to skyrocket in price now in the next couple of months definitely once that comes out so that's one thing that you can see usually when the remake comes out, yes, everybody loved yeah. it and they're excited for it or whatever it may be, but they want the original and that price goes up. I yeah. didn't see the news about Tony Hawk. Is that oh, Activision really? that's doing it? Everybody is talking is about it? that. That is the I'm biggest gonna, thing. I work. I, I work and I'm off my phone all day. I'm going to innovate <laughs> you with links tonight. Don't worry. Okay. Well, I checked my... Okay, I checked my email and I saw that Paper Mario mm-hmm. Origami cool King yeah. is the new game that's coming yeah. for, for the Switch. They and I'm so hype about that. Yeah. Because I've too. played every Paper Mario. The only one that I didn't beat was uh, the one for the 3DS, the sticker one. Sticker Star. But yeah. I was close to it, you know, mm-hmm. like I could go back to it. But all the other ones I, I've played through and loved, even the Wii U one that people I hate. I love that one. That was Yeah. Cool. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> let's. We. Uh, I'm so pumped for it. Yeah. We've been talking about the the collection piece now. So, do you you talk about collecting for the Game Boy, obviously, in the book? But like, how is your Game Boy collection? Do you have a lot of stuff, or like, is it not mostly Game Boy related? Like your personal video game collection, what's it like? I don't have a personal video game collection okay <laughs> i own two That's game boys tough. yeah i have i have one game boy this is like the first one i modded that has some defects so i can't really sell it i have another one that was a gift to me and i have a like a couple playstation 4 games i'm i'm you know i i think that you have to uh i, I think part of being like in the sort of business side of this is that you got to just purge everything. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I get that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 
so yeah, I, I think it's fun it. though because yeah, ha- having the business where um, you can you can acquire stuff and you can own it briefly and experience it, but then pass it on is sort of kind of the best solution, I think. So yeah, although I, I come from a big collecting family, so I don't know if this is like a reaction. And I have collections, you know, I have a lot of records and books and stuff, but um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't uh, keep my video game collection because what what happens to me is that I get anxiety that they're they're devaluing too quickly. And I, I just feel like mm-hmm. they're like a, it's like a hot potato. Like it's a ticking time bomb. I, I try to get rid of it before it oh, yeah. becomes, before I lose too much money on it. I can see that. Interesting. I've, se- I've seen so many games that I'm like, oh, I had that and I sold it, you know, like last year because I wasn't playing it or whatever. And it's like triple the price now. And I'm like, yeah. damn it. Like, what was I doing? Why didn't I hold on to it? You're, you know, like yeah. whatever. And so I can see how that but is then, like a thing if you know you're there's like every cash. PlayStation Four game is like the most worthless thing ever. So I mean, you know, if you if you're talking about first party Nintendo <laughs> yes, games, but like PlayStation Four games, but are in just, ten years though, no, they're no, 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 no. I I, I think PlayStation is just like <laughs> it's sixty bucks for a week, and then two months later it's worth five dollars. Yeah, just, you should never buy a new PlayStation. Yeah, game, yeah. Ever, you should just wait two months before, like after it's out, and then buy it. Yeah, like Death Stranding right now, it's they're bas- they're giving yeah. it away on the eShop. It's like nothing. <laughs> I believe it. Didn't we not predict that? I mean, obviously, yeah, I did, and then I still yeah. I still bought it. Yeah, I still bought it, and I think I got mine for fifty or forty bucks, like a month after it came out. Yeah, but. Yeah, I still need to finish it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So going back to Game Boy, what's your favorite game yeah. to play on the Game Boy? <laughs> um, all right, let me see. I, 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 get, I get asked this a lot. I bet. And my answer typically – I'm going to give you a different answer than I, I usually give here. Um, hold on. Um, I like – I well, this is kind of why um, – you know, I like DS and PSP because those games are just more fun. I, a lot of Game Boy games are not that much fun. Um, but a lot of some of the charm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, true. A lot, it's true. It's I don't true. Know they're about they're that. too primitive. Yeah. But I think a lot of the the charm of them is not so much in the gameplay, but in the graphics and the music. And, um, yeah. you know it's cool to um, play them on the original hardware because then you get the more authentic sound experience from these things coming out of like the real soundboard and speaker and stuff. And um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've ever played this game, Penguin Wars. No. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say, dang, never mind. I was going to say, I think I just bought that game, but no, I bought Amazing Penguin. But oh, I think I've heard of Penguin Wars. Yeah. It's basically like dodgeball or, or something like that. And you play against the computer and you just sort of throw these balls back and forth. It's fun. It's cute. But it has this really awesome menu music. And it's just <laughs> this sort of like two-minute song. And 
I don't know. It's like one of my favorite songs. And sometimes I'll just let it play and like listen to it on my Game Boy. So I'm buying my, it right That's now. my favorite game. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's already you, been bought. Those, those chip tune songs, they changed, they changed it. That was gameplay. Yeah. Makes it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but gameplay-wise, I like I like the Batman game. That's good. That's a good game. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because um, he has a gun and he shoots everybody in it. Yeah, that that is kind of interesting because that's not really Batman's style. It's not what he does. Yeah. <laughs> but they had to make it work for the Game Boy, so they gave him a gun. <laughs> oh well. Um, and also your book kind of talked about it too, but the Game Boy had a ton of weird accessories and cases in its lifetime from the DMG to the, you know, even the micro. And, um, as like somebody who focuses on mostly collecting for Game Boy, I have seen a lot of these in person or, you know, researched them. So it was cool to see them come up in your book as well. But what what do you think is one of your like favorite accessories either you've seen in buying Game Boys or just in general that you've learned about? Um well, I really like this uh this one case that has this sort of black black lining with the this orange inside uh um but the the uh like back to the thing about aesthetics the Game Boy Fanny Pack. Have you ever seen these in full color? Oh, I have one. Yeah, the, the, one, the one? black with the pink lines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw it and I was like buying it and not for a Game Boy, just like purely for like going to the grocery store. And Right. Know, like, it's a dope fanny pack. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, I, I, and remember how when fanny packs were like, they came back last year a little bit? Everyone's wearing them? Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, no. yeah. Oh, big time. New York. Big no, time. People Maybe only in New right? York. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that like was even the kids were yeah. wearing. Them. Yeah, it was a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, was, it was weird. Yeah, I think that one's pretty cool. Um, there's one I don't know if you've seen, but I saw it, and it was one of those things where it came up like on eBay while I was like looking for other Game Boy stuff, and I was like holy crap i'm buying that and it is i think this is like my favorite like accessory that's an actual piece of you know like technology to use for it is it was for the um original game boy advance and you would you would plug it in to the back um and it was a light for your your screen only it wasn't like a worm light, you know, like where you bend it and stuff like that or a flip light or whatever. It would just sit up on top and shine down, but it was in the shape of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. What? <laughs> yes. So I have this Game Boy light and I bought it on eBay because I couldn't find a loose one. It was brand new in packaging. It was made by Intex. So it was like one of those like third party, you know, accessories. Well, that's a good company. <laughs> yeah. And it <laughs> and I was like i'm breaking this thing out of the the clamshell tonight and it's this little tiny i mean he's probably a couple inches tall purple t-rex and you just plug him in and he shines the light down hell yeah so that's probably my favorite game boy accessory (laughs) that's super cool that's 
I don't know Definitely what mine would wild. be, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. we all yeah. had the worm lights, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm thinking is the worm light or, like, the speakers on the DMG that, like, fold out that are all crazy. You had, looking. like, you could stack that thing so it was, like, a whole foot thick, like, of accessories on the dmg have like a light and a magnifier and like get raised yeah, the buttons so and the speakers and it was just all of a sudden it turned into like a transformer and <laughs> i don't know yeah. it was crazy yeah how much you could throw well, on that thing that's the thing that's like you know i i i sort of compare it to the ipod in the book a little bit and um you know everyone sort of or like steve jobs sort of hated the idea of people uh putting a case or any accessory onto his phones or anything like that. It's just, they were just mm-hmm. meant to be as they are. And yeah, you know, until you fucking drop it. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Cause it's ultimately, <laughs> ultimately they are poorly designed. Like my mouse yeah. has a charging port yeah, in poorly, the bottom yeah. of it for some reason. But, um, the, uh, the game boy is the same way. It's like, you know, you don't need all these sort of doohickeys. It's kind of perfect on its own, you know? Mm-hmm. except yeah, for the I fact agree. that it doesn't have a backlit screen until now exactly and that's what i was going to say yeah <laughs> like the best thing in my adulthood life is going back to the game boy with a backlit or a frontlit screen but backlit is the way to go like honestly if you don't know you need to know and you need to just <laughs> like look up a youtube video to be like all right this is what frontlit looks like which is nice okay cool but backlit, wow, I can actually see every goddamn color in this fucking game now. Like, if you're playing a Game Boy Color game, you can see all the colors, and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. this is great. It's it's definitely a, yeah. a, a kind of a mind-blowing experience, I think so, yeah. It really is. Yeah, I agree. The first time I played on literally any sort of lit screen on a Game Boy, it was like, damn, I... This is exactly what I needed to restore that like childhood nostalgia of sitting and playing right. the Game Boy for hours when I couldn't care less if the screen was lit or not because right. yeah. I was ten years old and my eyes were in prime condition, you know. But now they're <laughs> <Yep>. not. <laughs> not anymore. Nope. <laughs> so you talked about how playing Game Boy is extremely conducive for your lifestyle living in New York. How long have you lived in New York? I've been here for 13 years. Okay. In Brooklyn. I'm from Long Island, so I've lived in New York my whole life, but in the city I've lived here for 13 years. Okay. Okay. Awesome. That's cool. It's a good... I mean, New York is a good spot. I, I don't... I'm not like a city person but you know visiting i have family in new york and stuff like that it's always it's always like something when you go into the city and it's cool that like you know that's that's your life and i don't know you just got you've got like weird shit going on every day and you're like huh it's just tuesday you know what no big deal (laughs) so yeah props to that (laughs) city life right yeah (laughs) um so like where do you see yourself in like 
10 years say like will you still be you think you will still be modding or modding at the pace that you are now well i mean 10 years uh shit i'm gonna be 45 in 10 years (laughs) (laughs) oh wow uh yeah i thought um, you were younger than me okay yeah people think i'm younger but uh no i'm a 35 year old adult man so um (laughs) <laughs> but you know i you know i would if my life continued the way it is as far as making money and, and doing mods and, and whatever for the next 10 years i don't think i would complain about that um you know obviously there's factors that we've talked about who knows what's going to happen with the market but um right no i mean i i, I want to be an author i mean i am an author i want to have a, i want to have a career where i can support myself as an author you know th- this you know like the sort of the sort of like uh, slick answer to a question like give why would you want to give away your secrets is like well I'm the one who published the book so I'm only really ruining it for everyone else you know like I I I, I yeah. want to I want to use this as a way to build my career as an author and and like I said I'm I'm happy to do that for the gaming community. I mean, I have a love for gaming. I have an appreciation of gaming. I know, I know how to communicate to gamers and I know how to introduce, uh, a a more, um, just sophisticated aesthetic maybe than they're used to. And, uh, yeah, I want to make books. I like making books. So I, I see myself in 10 years still making books. And if it's, if it's books about gaming, that's fine. I mean, I have, I have ideas for, sequels to the game boy modding books so i mean you know it all it all just depends on how how this kind of thing goes you know right and i hope it goes well for you i mean it's and i think it will yeah thank you i think you're killing it greg uh you did great with this book you're doing great with your mods uh you're interacting with everyone on a customer level to uh, working with other artists to make even crazier, cooler looking mods um, and shells and all that. So yeah, keep it up. Like we'll all be supporting you. Oh, thanks. All the way. Yeah, that yeah, so for much. sure. Yeah, and you know, I could, I, I couldn't have done it without the support. Like, obviously, this is all an Instagram sort of community. Everyone always likes to call it the retro gaming community. Uh, you know, there's yeah. different there's different retro gaming communities on the internet. You know, like there's Reddit ones. I don't really go on Reddit, but uh, the one on Instagram is the one that I sort of came up with. And you know, there's a couple people on there who we all started around the same time, and now like things are really uh, going strong for us. And not only do we have like a good following, but we have a good like engagement with with the people. And uh, you know, we're building something from it. And um, it's beneficial to us and everyone at the same time. So like, it's cool that people can yeah. turn it into something that uh, can help people, you know, at the very least find some cool games that they want. And this other guy can get a sandwich out of it. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's not a big deal, but it's cool that there's a sort of e- an ecosystem where this can happen. And I definitely am appreciative of that ecosystem. And I definitely came up in it and like, it's very cool. And I, I encourage, like I said, everyone, to get to get friendly and and like anyone's i'm i'm happy to talk to anyone anyone can reach out to me and uh yeah it's always cool to talk to people and and that's Same. obviously like yeah. what i hope 
for with this book, you know, it's just to grow that sort of community with people and get people involved in something cool and positive and constructive and give them confidence to be able to do things on their own. And, you know, it is what it is. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a cool thing from all this. The book is great. Game boy modding. A beginner, a beginner's guide to game boy mods, collecting history and more. Is that the full title? Yeah. Okay. I love it. By Greg Farrell. It's Game Boy Modding. At Game Changer yeah. Mods, yeah. Yeah. So where can uh, people buy the book? If you want the book right now ASAP, go to nostarch.com backslash Game Boy Mod. And uh, just go to nostarch.com. It's on there. That's the publisher. They're shipping it out right now. Um, you know, due to, due to like COVID and stuff, um, Amazon and some other of the larger distributors are getting it a little bit later. Uh, if you did order it on Amazon, okay. it's I, I think it's going to start shipping in like 10 days or maybe a week or something. So it's not too long, but uh, the publisher's shipping it now. I mean, go buy it, nostarch.com. They have it, and they, they have discounts, and they do Humble Bundles and stuff all the time. So like the book is going to be out and available uh, for anyone who wants it worldwide. And hopefully bookstores cool. will open up soon, and it'll be there, and people can see it and discover it for themselves. You know, that's what I that's what I'm all about. It's it's a great book and it's only twenty five bucks right now on that website, right? Yep. And you get the ebook. So even if you have to wait, you can look at the ebook, you know, yep. on your cell phone or laptop or whatever during those seven to ten days or whatever oh, yeah. it takes to ship it to you. Or even if you're, you know, working on your Game Boy and you get stuck, you don't want to get that book yep. out, you can just up your ebook on your phone True it's right story. there yep. super easy super easy yeah i'm looking forward to finishing it uh your instagram is game changer underscore mods yep and your etsy is what um etsy.com game changer mods some of them have the some of them have the underscore some of them don't uh youtube has the underscore okay. just i'm game changer mods you know wherever you go yeah just look <laughs> it up yeah on Google, just look it up. Just Google yeah. it. <laughs> well, and we really appreciate having you on, Greg. Hey, I appreciate you having me. I had a great that was a great time. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um, you're doing great things for the community and really making good quality product, which oh, all of us collectors and gamers want. You know, we want something that's gonna last as long as we last and uh, be able to play on it, you know, and be proud of what we own. So we appreciate it. Cool. Thanks. I appreciate all you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's super informative. Like I said, I look forward to giving it a shot now that I feel like I have the tools to do it in front of me. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> nice. Let yeah. me know. I can't wait to know. <laughs> so before we sign off, uh, we do have a giveaway going on where it's a mystery box of goodness of video games. Uh, Greg, I want to kick it off to you. Can you give us a secret code that people have to DM precisely podcasts on Instagram? The secret code, just name any word or words together. And that'll be the secret code. Mod them boys. Mod Dem Boys. Yeah, with a Z. You heard it here. All right, with a Z. <laughs> Mod Dem Boys. D-E-M. Yep. 
<laughs> cool. Uh, follow us at Precisely Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me at Bo's underscore Game Room. Kelly, you are at Highway to Cal. That is it. And uh, you can go to our website, precisely.live. That's about it, right? Yeah. I mean, social media is what it is. And follow it there. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you again, Greg. Thanks. Yeah, have fun. It was good talking to you. Bye-bye. We out. We out.